following Christ won't make you popular. But remember this one thing. We're going to look at a story in Mark, Mark 6, the four, verses 14 through 30, really. And this story has a lot of truths that talk about who we are and who God is. But in the end, at the end of this video, we'll see there's one good news and one main point that we really need to get that can be encouraging to us and challenging to us. And so what's happening previously in Mark chapter 6, verse 14, is Jesus has prepared and talked to his disciples and essentially sent, Jesus sent out his disciples on a short-term mission trip to do good deeds and ultimately to preach the good news of the kingdom of God to people. From this short-term mission trip, Mark kind of hits a pause on the Jesus and disciple story and switches over to King Herod and his reaction to hearing about Jesus. And it ultimately tells the story of John's death. And so you pick up in the story of uh, John's death in verse 17. And this is the story. It says, For Herod himself had sent and had John arrested and bound in prison on account of Herodias, the wife of his brother Philip, because he had married her. For John had been saying to Herod, It is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. And Herodias had a grudge against John and wanted to put him to death and could not do so. For Herod was afraid of John, knowing that he was a righteous and holy man, and he kept him safe. And when we heard him, he was very perplexed, for he used to enjoy listening to John. A strategic day came when Herod on his birthday gave a banquet for his lords and military commanders and the leading men of Galilee. And when the daughter of Herodias herself came in and danced, she pleased Herod and his dinner guests. And the king said to the girl, Ask for me whatever you want, and I'll give it to you. And he swore to her, Whatever you ask of me, I'll give it to you up to half of my kingdom. And she went out and she said to her mother, What should I ask for? And Herodias said, The head of John the Baptist. Immediately the, the girl came back in in a hurry and said to the king, I want you to give me the head of John the Baptist on a platter. And although the king was very sorry, yet because of his oaths and because of his dinner guest, Herod was unwilling to refuse the girl. And immediately... King Herod sent out an executioner, and he commanded him to bring back John's head, and he went and had John beheaded in the prison. And he brought his head on a platter, and he gave it to the girl, and the girl gave it to her mother, Herodias. And when the disciples of John heard about this, they came and took away his body, and they laid it in a tomb. And the, the apostles of Jesus, though, gathered together with Jesus, and they reported to them all the things that they had done and taught on their short-term mission trip. So in this tragic story, uh, which is kind of a long story, we really see a few things about following Jesus. And the first of the things we kind of learn from Herodias, which is that being someone who follows Jesus uh, is going to make it so that there's some people who don't like you. Because when you are faithfully following Jesus, then you are standing for things that they don't like that you're standing for. You know, John was telling Herodias, and Herod, hey, you're not doing the right thing. You need to repent and you need to come to God. And he was telling them, you have sinned in what you've done. We don't have time to, to lean out all the ways that and what it means and what John was actually talking about. It suffices to say that John was just calling them out because they were doing something that the Bible had called a sin. And this made John very unpopular with Herod and Herodias. And it really speaks to us. If you are faithfully following Jesus, then there's going to be people who don't like you 
because you're standing for something and you will be standing for stuff that they don't like that you're standing for. It doesn't mean that we have to be upfront and in people's faces and angry with them. It's just a knowledge and a fact that you can't be 100% friends with everybody in the world if you plan to be honest with what the Bible says. The second thing we find from this story is that standing for Jesus involves, or following Jesus involves, making a stand for God and resisting peer pressure. And we get this from the contrast between Herod and John. Herod, we learn from this passage, even though he wasn't a Christian, he at least liked listening to the Bible. He liked listening to preaching. He liked church stuff. But when it came down to it at the end, he felt pressure. He felt pressure because there was people watching him, his friends, that he's had pressure because he had made this oath in front of them. And Herod had a choice. Was he going to reject this silliness that he's been going on and do the right thing? Or is he going to jump headlong and essentially do what was good, what he felt was good for him? And Herod made his choice. He gave into the peer pressure. He gave into what everybody else wanted. And he killed John the Baptist. John the Baptist was the opposite. When everybody else was telling him, be quiet, you know, quit doing stuff, reject what you're saying, John the Baptist was willing to go to prison and even to be beheaded for it. And so we find ourselves learning not only does following Jesus mean that some people won't like you, find that following Jesus means that there'll be times that you have to resist peer pressure. There'll be times when you'll be tested, am I going to stand for God's word and stand for Christ? Or I'm going to just roll over and do what other people want me to do. So that's kind of two things, but then we finally get the good news of the chapter. And the good news of the chapter actually comes in verse 30. And really why this story is, in, in a way, it feels like it's plugged in randomly, but it's not. Because Mark strategically put this story here because of what 30 said. John might be dead, and Herod and Herodias might have gotten their way. But as verse 30 says, the apostles and Jesus were still out preaching the good news of God. One person might have fallen, but there was 12 more there to replace John. The good news of the gospel, the good news that we can cling to, is that Christianity, the gospel, will not die. It, can't, it won't fade away, and you can't kill it off. There might be one person that falls, but where one person falls, God has 12 more there to take their place. That's the power of God. That's the sovereignty of God in the gospel. That it'll grow and it never fades away. And we see this even more then when we look at Christ. The power of the message of the gospel of Christ is that he died on the cross, paid the penalty for our sins, and rose from the grave so that if anyone places their faith in Jesus, they could be saved. And Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, that's foolishness to some people like Herod and Herodias, but to some people it is the power of God. And that's why it doesn't go away. And that's what we need to cling to. You know, if, if you've had to um, stand up for peer pressure, you know, and you have a story of times that you've had to follow Christ despite the difficulties, I'd love to hear that story. But the, you can comment below with that. I'd love to hear that. But we cling to the fact of knowing that we have a king who's not like Herod. He doesn't kill us because of whim, but rather he died himself for us. 
he took on the penalty that we deserve instead of making us take the penalty ourselves. Jesus is the opposite of Herod. And by placing our faith in Jesus, we can make Jesus our king. And his kingdom is not going to fade away. Herod's kingdom is gone. Jesus' kingdom won't fade away. And we cling to that. That's the good news. You know, people might not like us sometimes. People might not like what the Bible says sometimes. But in the end, we serve a king who died for us and rose from the grave so his kingdom will never fade away. And that's good news. So if you haven't placed your faith in Jesus, do that today. Because you have a king in your life. It might be something like money. It might be something like popularity or fame or joy or happiness. It could be a feeling. Or you can make Jesus your king. Make Jesus your king today. Place your faith in him. And be excited that God's sovereignty is above and beyond any of these things that we go through like John went through today, that day.